Hello and welcome to the Donfather, the family podcast about an irrelevant football club. And as has been our history for many a year now, a stereotypical get blown away in the first quarter, show a bit of spirit, but ultimately don't peg back enough of the margin interstate kind of performance. Who's here with me tonight? Just Laura. Everyone Just else was... Um, yep, nobody else has watched the game, so I think we're losing our Donfather people. Mmm, mm, it's a distinct lack of commitment. And look, I'll be honest, Definitely. if I wasn't committed to doing an episode every week for the listeners, I almost certainly would not have watched this game. Mm, Who am I kidding? It, I would have watched this game. You would have watched it, for I'm a sure. tragic. I'm an absolute tragic. You, yeah, you are very tragic. Um, yeah, do you know what I was thinking yesterday as I was watching the game was that it's just, like, so boring to watch. It's not fun. There's, there's there, like, at one point in the third quarter, you were jumping up and getting excited, and I was like, what's the point? They're still going to lose. Like, there's literally nothing to get excited about. And watching it, like, you don't even get enjoyment out of watching the game. It's, like, literally watching... I don't even know what, but there's just no excitement and no enjoyment. I actually almost fell asleep during this game. This is the problem that um, the club as a whole has with this season, that it is Essendon's 150th year celebration. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. And we are as nuffy. We have an unpaid fan podcast. We are the nuffiest of all the nuffies. And we are struggling to stay interested in this mm. season. Yeah. So imagine the casual supporters. Imagine the less nuffy members. Um, the A season like this is such a disaster because we don't care, let alone the others, let alone growing your supporter base, let alone engaging with new markets. Like this, this season is an unmitigated disaster. And to have been over mathematically or functionally, well, it's not mathematically over, but to have been over two weeks ago, so round nine, to have your season functionally dead before the halfway point is just something that cannot be acceptable. For a football club. Especially not in a year when they're celebrating their 150 years. Like, honestly, what is there to celebrate? There is – it's just embarrassing. There's been nothing to celebrate since 2001. But it's not even about, like, the celebration. It's just like, okay, we're not going to make finals. Yes, the season is over, but far out. Like, give me a bit of excitement on a Sunday afternoon. Like, at least look like you're – got a chance like let me get excited at some point instead of and also why is it they only ever play the third quarter like Mm. their only good quarters are the third quarter every time well I mean if if we're completely fair about this performance I think this performance was actually a lot better than we have been in previous weeks and I talk about this very often that Ultimately, it's not good enough because we didn't win. 
So I'm not celebrating a better effort, but we'll get to that when we when we jump into Yeah, can we digress here. for a minute? Because I have a little um, gripe today mm. about um, Carlton supporters. So I had a little situation today at work with one of my employees who is a Carlton supporter and far out, they are frustrating people. So they lost to Collingwood yesterday, right? Apparently, the only reason they lost is because of their huge injury list. So two weeks ago, premiership favourites in their eyes. This week, oh, my goodness, we're only losing because of our injury list. And so then I said, okay, you want to go and hang shit on the Bombers? I said, what about our injury list? And, you know, talking about Stringer and Snelling. And apparently our list is completely fine. And it's just Carlton are only losing because they have all of these outs, apparently. Oh, my gosh, I nearly... I don't condone violence, but I nearly put his head through a bloody wall because I was that frustrated. Um, well, here's why this is your fault. Because you are the boss and you hired him. And if I saw on the resume that someone was applying for a job in a business I owned and they said they were Carlton supporters, they would not have been hired. People don't say this on their resume. I where, would have asked. Where on your resume does it say what football team do you support? Uh, Hobbies and interests. Are you a massive flog? (laughs) You're the boss, mate. Give him the flick. Gosh, it's not that simple. Um, I think it is. I think it is. But um, we should have a chat about um, the video released by Paul Brasher, which apparently was always going to be coming out at this time of year, and it seems quite reasonable. Um, Every time he speaks... feel a bit calmer and a bit better about myself. I actually haven't watched it yet, so can you give me a rundown? So the rundown is that they are doing a complete review of the football club, which apparently was always going to happen. Isn't that what he said when he first took over at the end of whenever it was, last year or the year before? Football department. So he's doing a a full review of the football department. Uh, Well, he isn't, but Sean Wellman is, who that is his uh, seat on the board. Um, and they're looking at what resources they can um, add for Ben Rutten, et cetera, et cetera, what, what they're lacking, what they need. So essentially, a very professional um, approach to what you would do with any part of any business. So he, he spoke about that. Um, and I don't think it's going to reflect favorably on the coaching group, to be honest. Um, and I mean, we'll, we'll get to this into the likes and dislikes, but particularly for Ben Rutten, um, and I... I actually like Ben Rutten. I like his leadership style. I like the way that he goes about coaching. I just don't like the impact and results that I've seen from his coaching. Now, does that mean that it can't improve and he can't be a premiership coach? No. But from what I've seen so far since he's gotten to the club and when he was a senior assistant coach, his entire portfolio was team defense and we have gotten progressively worse every year since he's been there so the results for me speak for themselves um, and that's not to say that I, I don't like him and can't see him being successful it's just so far it's been really poor mm, I really want him to do well I just really like him as a person not that I really know him, but like, you know, I just like what he's about. I like that he's young and got fresh eyes and I just really want him to do well. Um, I I can't really speak for, you know, what his portfolio is because I don't watch football and follow football to that 
deep level. But I just, I really want him to do well. But I do see what you're saying. We just don't, the team's just not working. Mm. And so the other thing that he spoke about was there was a review of the uh, player development section of the football department. There's a review, um, which I think has been needed for years and years because, I mean, admittedly, in, in Benton Rutten's defence, since he's been there, we have seen vast improvement in a number of players. So we've seen Laverde really become a really quite good player. We've seen Ridley perform really well. We've seen Parrish become, you know, a, a Brownlow fancy All-Australian. So we have seen... Redmond. Individu- yeah, we have seen individuals reach their potential. Um, so maybe maybe that's where his strengths lie or where the coaching department's strengths lie. So that, that has to be a tick for him. Um, and he spoke about recruitment and list management. And I get the sense that Essendon's going to be making some big moves in the off-season from what he was saying. He was talking about the size of the salary cap and the draft hand that we're going to have and the resources that we're going to have um, going into the off-season. So I wouldn't be surprised if Essendon make a big play for players in the age window that suit our needs, regardless of whether they're in or out of contract. Right. Mm. Just go hard or go home. Yeah. So I'm thinking players in the 22 to 25 age group. Um, and you would think that would be a key forward, um, potentially a key defender, and certainly more class through the midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ones that pop into mind for me are Tim Taranto as a midfielder. Um, and then key forwards are players like Harry Mackay. Um, although Is ben he King, from Carlton? He's Harry from Carlton, Mackay. yeah. Ben Kin has just re-signed, but, um, you know, someone of that ilk, regardless of whether they're in or out of contract, I think Essendon uh, are making asking some questions and, and going after one or two relatively big players. But how are you enticing those players to the club? Like, really? Well, I I think the club actually, in every regard except performance on the field, is in a really good place. Lots of players are re-signing to long contract and players that could easily leave. Like Langford would have had suitors everywhere and he's signed mm. a four-year deal. The only one who hasn't re-signed recently, like Perkins re-signed, he could have gone anywhere. Uh, Reed re-signed, he could have gone anywhere. Nick Martin could have gone anywhere, he re-signed. Um, so they've made quite a few key re-signings. So I think it's actually a, a good place to be and people enjoy being there. Mm. It's just where shit on the field. And mm. for us as supporters, we actually don't care whether the football club's a nice place to be. Because we're not there. We don't well, experience that. No, I, I disagree. I was listening to um, a podcast the other day and they had um, Max Gorn on there and he was talking about Melbourne at the end of the – what year did they make their prelim? 2019 and then 2020. 2018. And then the next year they were at the bottom of the ladder. Yeah. And whatever um, whatever that season was. So they all all the players kind of sat down. And they spoke about, you know, different things that went on in the club culturally. So, for example, one of them was like that real blokey culture of hanging shit on somebody. So, you know, say someone like had a really good game, they would basically tear them down like 
boys tend to do just as a bit of a joke. And they sort of said, you know, we should be here lifting each other up and supporting each other. And these are the sort of behaviours that we don't want as a playing group. And so they sort of made these decisions to make the club a nice place to be and to be supportive. And I Mm. think if you can, if you can, get the team and the club to the place where it is a nice place to be and people enjoy going there, then the Mm. results will speak for themselves. Mm. So even though we might not experience that and we might not see it, the results definitely show. No, and that's, I'm not saying that we don't want the football club a nice place to, to be a nice place to be. We definitely do, but we as supporters don't experience that. So we, all we care about is results. Mm. Ultimately, because yeah. that, that's where we get all our... We don't get the enjoyment of going to a nice workplace and hanging out with nice people and, and being in a nice environment. That's not our experience of the Essendon Football Club. No, but that's sort of where it has to start in Definitely. order for then the results to translate onto the field. And that's what I like about Ben Rutten's approach is he is a modern coach with good emotional intelligence. Um, Heppel is that kind of leader, um, but we're lacking... Where, where we've lacked in recent weeks that um, willingness to defend our teammates and those sorts of things, um, that was a concern for me because that means to me externally that you don't care about each other. That's changed in recent weeks. They've, they've actively tried to change that and that's been led by Andrew McGrath. Um, he, he was getting into quite a few people yesterday. And, and the week before. Um, yeah. And so... I mean, it's an evolution. It's a young group and an evolution in that sort of culture. But I wonder whether we need to bring someone in, like, and I'm not suggesting we bring Mitch Robinson in, but that type of player that can mm. almost be, with a young group, that sort of enforcer and that um, sort of guardian who leads that side of the the um, performance and the culture. Possibly. Mm. Possibly. Um, and so, yeah, he was discussing that and... Brusher also discussed um, re-signing Xavier Campbell and explained that and why it was done. And um, and he made some really good points that he's he's hit all his KPIs that he needed to hit and he's doing a good job. And the board all agreed that he should have been re-signed. It's just a really difficult year to do anything um, positive for a football club because the supporters and members are so frustrated with on field. So it doesn't matter what decisions they make, they're going to cop shit for it. Well, absolutely. Yeah. They're in a no win situation. Really actually does not matter what they do. They're going to cop flack from somewhere. Yeah. And that's where you need good leadership to have the vision of, no, we are on the right track and we're going to make decisions according to that vision rather than reactive decisions, which not re-signing Xavier Campbell would be, which mm. sacking Ben Rutten would be. Those, they they don't get you anywhere. If, mm. if Essendon has this vision and they think they're on track for it, then I commend them for, um, for doing the re-signing. I think the time that they announce it is probably a bit odd. Mm. Um, and he did apologise to the members saying that we didn't, it, it got leaked through, the newspapers rather than being um, emailed to us first, mm. um, which, you know, I I don't really give a toss about, but mm. some people do. And it was nice that he acknowledged that. Um, so, um, and that was pretty much the gist of his, mm. his chat. Um, it didn't seem like the review was out of the ordinary. It just seemed like it was something just that they were... Normal part of the process. 
yet. I did see, I had a little laugh um, yesterday. I saw on Facebook, like in one of the supporter groups or the Essendon Footy Club page about like a um, celebration for their 150th year. Oh, my lordy. And um, and then I looked through the event and the tickets were like $495 each. And I was like, who the hell in this current situation with where the team is at is honestly going to fork out $495 $495 for a ticket to this function. No, nah, no chance. No chance. And the thing is, there was also this thing on Facebook saying, oh, get a special 150-year celebration membership, upgrade your membership for just 50 bucks, and get an extra ticket into the raffle for 150 grand. And all the comments were like, mate, there's no chance I'm giving you another cent with this putrid <laughs> Like every single comment was like, are you guys actually kidding? You're asking us for more money when you are giving us this drivel on field. Like I'm not looking forward to the Carlton game. They're trying to turn it into this massive celebration. We are going to get flogged by the team we hate the most. I know. I know. Gosh, I would just love it. Thank God it's on a Friday night into a long weekend. And then um, my employee that I was speaking of doesn't work Tuesdays. So hopefully by Wednesday he'll be over it, but I highly doubt it. Well, if Um, we win, that gives you time to decorate the whole. Oh, my gosh. Awesome idea. Awesome idea. Speaking of the whole Carlton Essendon thing, what do you think of the the whole Adam Saad, Nick Hind um, do you think we're in a better position with Nick Hind than what we were with Adam Saad? And and how do you think Adam Saad's performing at Carlton as compared to how he was performing at Essendon? I have struggled to watch Essendon games, let alone teams that I hate. I have actually no idea how Adam Saad is playing at Carlton. I'm just really curious because, of course, you know, I cop the blah, 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 and I'm like, whatever. I don't Adam, really uh, Nick Hind is getting paid a third of the money that Adam Saad is getting paid. There is no way I would want Adam Saad at my football team for 900000 a year. There's just no chance. We're, Nick Hind is doing a similar enough job, and in fact, last year did a better job mm. for a third of the money. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, but you know, when it's you're like, with It's nuffies. like someone having a Ferrari... And you matching that Ferrari with your Honda Civic. Yeah. Although, like, wouldn't you just go a, a, a Ferrari? Like, a- We're talking about racing it. Oh, racing it. Yeah, okay. Like, you can, beat the, you can beat the Ferrari with the Honda Civic, so why not just get the Honda Civic? Exactly. Like, it's cheaper yeah. to maintain, more reliable. Yeah. So, I, yeah. There's just, for me, there's no question that I mm. would not want to be paying a halfback flanker 900000 a year. He just wasn't a team player either. Oh, who knows? Who knows why he wanted to leave? Um, the, that's certainly the impression that we were given, that he didn't want to follow team instructions. And uh, Functionally, he didn't like Ben Rutten. He and Ben Rutten didn't get on. He didn't want to play for Ben Rutten. Well, good luck to you. Good luck. Go and have a bit of mediocrity at Carlton until someone else offers you more money and you go somewhere else. Well, but that's the thing. Like, if you don't like your boss, you can leave your job. You know? Yeah, I, I guess. I think it's, if, the, if he didn't like his boss, leave his job, whatever. Whatever. Um, we, Hindy last year certainly was better than Saad. Um, this year, I don't know, I haven't watched any. Yeah, like I said, I've struggled to watch Essendon games, let alone mm. um, 
other games of teams that I hate, which for the record is everyone. Yeah, I don't think there's a team that you don't hate. No, there's definitely not. Um, and in fact, right now I hate Essendon too. So there's actually not one team that I don't hate. Wow, imagine being you. Yeah, it's pretty sad. It's pretty mm. sad. Sad existence. So why don't we take a little bit of a break and then when we come back, we can jump in and we can have a chat about the game against Port Adelaide. So, the football graveyard, late on a Sunday afternoon. Essendon headed over to Adelaide Oval and played Port Adelaide and the game for all its you know peaks and troughs followed a pretty standard Essendon interstate performance of the last 20 years Mm. oh 16 points doesn't look that bad Uh, what I'm referring to is blown away in the first quarter spent the rest of the game catching up and then making it look respectable, but really were never in the contest. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Well, uh, to be fair, it actually wasn't. It was actually much better than that. Um, If you look at the stats and you were watching the game, Essendon were well and truly matching Port Adelaide and beating them in quite a few areas. Um, And in fact, we had the same amount of scoring shots at the end of the first quarter. But we didn't take our chances, and they did. So they kicked 4-2 in the first quarter to 0-6. And, and I believe we were leading the inside 50 counts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but this, is, this has been our problem this year, that we would have the ball in our forward line, we would work really hard to create a shot, and then we would miss it. And then Port Adelaide would get possession and literally waltz it all the way down the other end and score. Hmm. And that happened the entirety of the first half. Yeah. Yeah. What I um what I liked to see, this is probably a like and a dislike all at once. Was it at the end of the first quarter, that little discussion between Darcy Parrish and Dyson Heppel? Yeah, I think so. So what I liked about that was that obviously there's a plan, a game plan that they're trying to execute Mm -hmm. that is clearly going wrong somewhere, but there's a plan. So that's number one because it has looked like... (laughs) You like that there's a plan. (laughs) Well, because it has looked like for quite a while that there hasn't been a plan and they don't really know what's going on. So I like that there's a plan that they're trying to, to work towards. Why are you laughing? I just like that there's a plan. I like that they've they're a professional football team and they've actually thought about how they want to play each week. Well, yeah, because it hasn't looked like that for a lot of weeks, right? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. What I also disliked about that was I I do like that Darcy was was getting showing his frustrations, but I did think it was a little bit disrespectful that as Dyson Heppel is continuing to talk to him that he is walking away. Um, As a leader, that is so frustrating and also really disrespectful. Well, I think the way that Heppel handled that was really good. Um, And I think he, it seemed to me he acknowledged his frustration 
and calmly, instead of getting angry back and saying, hey, you're disrespecting me, he acknowledged his frustration and continued to make his point. Um, and I think I think that shows some really, really good leadership from Hipple's behalf. I, I don't um, think leader, um, Hipple's leadership has ever been in doubt. Like everybody has always said that he's a very good leader off the field, not necessarily matching with his on-field performances at times, but there's from everything that I've seen, he's an exceptionally good leader. Mm. So, look, I think I think there has been a game plan, and I think I've seen evidence of it. I think we're just really shit at it, um, to be honest. Mm. The, the problem is, I think, twofold. One, it's too complex, and we cannot defend transition. If you want to beat Essendon just flood back and then work harder going forward. And there's no way, we just cannot set up a proper zone. And even when we do set up the zone, we cannot stop teams absolutely just cutting us apart through the middle. So we're really bad at defending the ground. We're really bad at keeping the ball in our forward line. And we're really bad at creating return or or consistent uh, shots at goal. We're terrible at it. And so that was in evidence in the first quarter and the second quarter. Port Adelaide would just take it end to end and easily score. Um, the other part of that is that in almost every game that I've watched this year, we have looked like our skills are second rate compared to the opposition. So many of our handballs go too high, too low, too far in front, too far behind. We're playing this forward handball, possess the ball, get it moving quickly type of play or this take control of the ball and chip the ball around and then create an inside 50 that way. And in neither circumstances are our skills, have our skills ever been good enough to execute this game plan. So our kicking skills are poor. We often create turnovers and our handballs are not to the right area. If you play our game plan and you hit players appropriately with handball, it's actually really effective. If you get the handball to where they're running onto it, to where they don't have to stop and prop or stop, bend over, pick it up. If you can get the ball flowing, it's actually going to work really well. But why do we, as a football club, as a collective have some of the most appearing low-skilled players in the league. Well, what I feel when I when I watch um, the games as well is, aside from the skill level, I actually feel like they just look really, really small and really young. Like it always looks like it's a boys versus men kind of scenario. Uh, that's because they are very small and they are very young. There's, particularly since we have lost, um, you know, most, anywhere up to nine or 10 of our best 22, the reality is... Not if you ask um, some Carlton supporters, by the way. But the reality is that we are small. We were already a small team and then we've lost our two biggest bodies around the ball in Stringer and Langford for large chunks of the year. And we've lost um, some strength in the forward line in terms of Snelling and his tackling pressure. He's not Snelling, big. Waller. 
Yeah, um, Waller, again, a lot of experience in, in that regard. Last year we had Kale Hooker in there, like, you know, being yeah, but, a presence. But he, he was never around the ball. No, no, no. But if you're just talking about, like, the um, the presence, you know, Hurley, Hooker, um, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, Stringer, Langford, like mm. all of those players that bring some size and bring some presence are not there. Mm. And I feel like the – the players that are there just look really small and like they're boys playing against men. Mm. So the average, we've got the, before Waller retired, we had the 16th youngest list. And I think with Waller retiring and losing his games, I think we've probably dropped to 17 or 18 Mm. in terms of youth and games played experience. Mm. Yeah. So it's not a surprise that they look younger and like boys versus men because they are. And and so when you have that situation of the skill, le- well, not the skill level, but not being being able to effectively execute the game plan and then you can't compete because you are smaller and younger, then if you combine those two things together, it just looks disastrous. Mm-hmm. And look, you're going to get inconsistent performances from a young team. Um, but the problem for the majority of the year has been that it's been our experienced players that have not been performing, not our younger players. Mm. Like you look at Nick Martin, his skills are impeccable. He's very smooth with the ball. He's very clean with the ball. Um, and he's playing in his first season. Mm. Yeah, you know, so is Archie. Archie's doing well. It's about perceived pressure, not about actual pressure. Yeah. Um, so they're really my two big dislikes. What I really like and what Essendon continues to do well is clearances, both centre and around the grounds. Essendon, for our size, have been performing, particularly yesterday against Port. Um, we dominated in the clearances. Mm. I think Sam Draper's doing so well. He's having a really good season. I think he's influencing games more so than his stats have been suggesting. Mm. So I've been relatively happy with his development, as happy as you can be. I still think where there's very few players that have improved on last year. Um, and I would say that for the most part, he was playing better last year than he is this year. Um, but he's getting more consistency in his games this year. Like yeah. he was a bit in and out of the side last year. Mm. Well, he missed 12 weeks with an injury last year. Yeah. Um. You know, I've been, I'm always happy with Andrew Phillips when he comes in. Mm. Um, a, a I thought he had quite a good game, actually, Andrew Phillips. Yeah, he always does. He always does. I'm really happy with Archie Perkins, especially given they're letting him spend more time in the midfield. Mm. Um, yeah. I think, I think that is a player that you just absolutely play every week. We regardless of form. Not that he's ever in bad form. He's just good form or good a form. And mm. at the moment, he's in a bit of good he's form. He's having a good year. He's having yeah. a good year. I we mean, you know, relatively. last year. Oh, yeah, we absolutely did. But this year, it's more consistent. Last year, it was like, you know, he'd have some some flashy, well, not flashy, but some, you know, we'd see some brilliance and then it would disappear. Whereas this year, it feels more consistent. Mm. So I'm really happy with um with Perkins' development. Um, mm. I think Andrew McGrath is having a really good season 
Um, I think he he's moved back towards the midfield. He shows some dash. He's very consistent. Um, you know, the occasional turnover, which has always been a part of his game, but I'm... I think he's more composed with the ball and he's making better decisions. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we have a chat about one of your favourite players? Which? Sam Durham. Sure. Sure. He had a great game. Mm. I think it was close to best on. Mm. The two Sammy Ds, they're my favourite. Mm. So what did you have? 17 disposals, nine kicks, eight handballs. He had a... Uh, no, that wasn't him that had a crazy amount of it. He did have four tackles and a lot of pressure on the ball. Mm, but I, Especially in that third quarter. Yeah, I thought that was his best game that I've seen him play. Mm, he had a really good game. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm excited because we've got another mid-season draft coming up. And we have got a 100% hit rate with the mid-season draft. So I'm wondering what gun we'll pluck out of nowhere. Who else see. have we taken? Oh, Snelling? Snelling and Durham with the two. Yeah, we taken. have. We've had a really good... Um, so maybe some excitement's coming. Mm, also, with um, with Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody retiring, do we get to replace him mid-season? That's that's why we've got a spot in the draft. Oh, so not everybody gets a spot in the draft. No, it's only if you've got a list spot open. Right. Either from long-term injury or from a retirement. And do we have any from long-term injury? What about Hurley? Or is that how no. we've got um, Durham? I think that's how we've... No, that's how we've got Martin and Wanganine. Right. I think we had two spots available. Um, it just depends if they put Nick Cox on the long-term injury list. Yeah. Finish him um, for the year. Nick Cox with his list mm. rank. Mm. Apparently he doesn't need surgery, so we'll see. I don't see how, but anyway. Yeah. I would have thought for longevity, just we digress a little bit, but I would have thought being an elite athlete that you would just go in and repair it. No, I think you're better off not doing surgery mm. if you don't have to. If you're happy to put him on ice for a year and let it heal on its own, you're definitely much better off. Mm. Yeah, I guess. For long term. They can, they can build up his load slowly over pre-season. And I'd much rather not have an operation than have one. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. I mean, and let's be honest. The surgeons get paid very well. They're not going to not recommend surgery if there's any chance. Yeah, you're right. That the the surgery is is viable, yeah. Because um, the club will pay whatever they yeah. need for the best, so or you know, the private surgeons there, and yeah. So they know yes. that, that it's um, it's an easy operation to earn some cash with. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, really happy with Sammy Durham. Mm-hmm. Him and um, I was happy with Caldwell's return. He had ten tackles for the game. Yeah, he had a pretty um, good game. Yeah, yeah. brings in, he only had thirteen touches, but ten tackles is massive. That's Gosh, he looks young. He looks like he's about twelve years old. Yeah, he does look a bit young, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. No, Caldwell um, did have a good game. So, I think, um, and really that third quarter was was encouraging. Um, it was the first time I've actually ever seen Essendon play, adapt better to the opposition. In, in the, the wet? wet. Yeah. Since when has Essendon ever played better in the wet than the dry? Like, that was mind-blowing. I think what it did for us is it allowed us to just attack the contest and it took the pressure off in terms of our skills mm. and um, and Port Adelaide couldn't handle the pressure. And they they were beating us not from 
more possession, but from being cleaner when they had possession. They were really mm. efficient with the ball and it really hurt them. Um, so I was very surprised that we, we were able to adapt better. And apparently they were saying in the commentary that we'd been training with the sprinklers on all week because we knew the forecast. Imagine oh, that. Um, imagine a football team looking ahead, having a plan and practicing for that plan. It's outrageous. Like actually outrageous. Who would have thought? Mm. So I was, I was pretty happy with that third mm. quarter. I think we started to get some reward for our effort. And really mm. what I like the most about that third quarter is when it's wet weather football, you can only play by being harder at the ball. That's the only mm. way that you have success. And yeah. we saw a full quarter of Essendon really cracking in and having a red hot go. And mm. it was the first quarter of football I've enjoyed since the Hawthorne game. Yeah. Yeah. You just want them to have like, just have a go, right? And you want to just want to see some effort. That's all. I don't think we ask for too much. And that's been the problem all year. Is not, is not necessarily that we've been losing games, although that is a problem, but it's the manner in which we've been losing games. We I just want to get excited. Like, yeah. I don't think that that's too much to ask. Mm. We've just been uncompetitive in, in far too many games this season. Yeah, agree. Um, and, and the disappointing thing, like I said, when we were watching round one and I said to you, I think our season's cooked. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, I was correct. Yes, yes. On, on a more exciting note, the um, AFLW team, minor premiers. The VFLW? VFLW. Yeah, finished on top of the ladder, which is mm. good. The girls showing them how it's done. Mm, mm. Um, but we digress because we're still talking about Port Adelaide. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, we are. Um, yes. No, the third quarter was good. I don't even know what other likes or dislikes I have. just want a well, bit of excitement. I just want to watch a good competitive game of footy. That's mm. all. That's all I ask. I just want more wins, but, um, and look, moving into the last quarter, it was, it was tough to watch. I think Port Adelaide worked, did anyone even score in the last quarter? We scored, Port Adelaide scored four points and we scored two. So, um, we just ran out of time. We just couldn't get our hands on the football. Port Adelaide really just flooded around the ball because they knew that they had the lead. Mm. So as long as they could slow us down from scoring, which they did really well, they legitimately just put heaps of numbers around the football and shut the game down. Mm. Yeah. Um, and as we got closer and as the time started to run out more and more, the inevitable was there. Yeah. Yeah. But look, I think, I don't rate Port Adelaide that well. We, I think in... On another day when we don't kick 0-6, if we kick 2-4 and 4 or 3-3, and 3, then I think this game ends up being very, very different. Mm. Um, it was really that first quarter, first and second quarters, where they were just taking it end-to-end and scoring at will. Which, yeah. I mean, we've said it often enough, it's a big problem for the football club. We have to fix that defending transition. Yeah. Because we, we will... We won't win any games until we've solved that issue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I agree. But, yeah, I guess there's uh, there's not much more to say apart from, 
you know, Peter Wright's gone missing for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, actually, Peter Wright, this is probably his third game in a row. He's had absolutely no impact whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's very – I said it a few weeks ago. Um, Peter Wright is a very honest footballer. If he is going well, it's because your team is playing really well and you're giving him opportunities to do what he's good at and that's have set shots at goal. And if he's not going well, it's a very big indication Mm. that your team is going very poorly. Do you think, really? But like he had some good games and the team has not been going well. Uh, Well, they've been going well in terms of creating space and giving him opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a thought. My thought has gone. Mm. What were we talking about? Peter Wright. Mm. So, yeah. I can't he's remember. Just been, he's just struggled in, in recent weeks. When they've worked us out, they've worked him out. Mm. Do you um, think um, Tom Cutler's been a bit hard done by? Um, I think so. Yeah, he keeps getting dropped and I don't think it's warranted. Mm. I think he's competing for a spot with Heppel, to be honest. And you can't drop the captain. I would argue he'd probably be doing a better job. Has no, done a better so. job through games. I don't think so. Mm. I think he's I think Cutler's strength is his kicking. Um but I think he is an one of the players on our list who is not great defensively. Mm. And I think you can't carry too many of those players. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I just feel bad for him. Like he's not been he's definitely not been our worst. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But there's only twenty two spots and he can't play small forward, which is where we've got the big holes at the moment. Mm. He can't play key position forward. He's not big enough. Um so when you're a halfback flanker or a winger with a team filled with halfback flankers and wingers, like are you going to put him in over Sam Durham? I don't think so. No. Are you going to put him in over Andrew McGrath? I don't think so. Uh, he's not going in over Nick Hind. Uh, mm. He's not going in over Redmond. What do you reckon? Do you reckon we need to get on the phone to Orazio and be like, hey, do you want to come back and be our small forward? He has played less games for Port Adelaide than... He did for Essendon. Yeah, he's always injured, isn't he? Yeah. he. I thought it was just him being at Essendon, but it's no. not. He, he's one of those guys. I don't know if he's not dedicated to his rehab. I don't know if he has some other issues going on, maybe connective tissue disorder. Who knows? Mm. But, yeah. Um, he's hardly on the park for Port Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Even and he, yeah, even less so than at Essendon. So, mm. as Kai would say, "Good one." <laughs> um, so we're waffling on a bit here. Uh, give me a summary. How did you see the game in total? So in total, it's a pretty boring game to watch, but there were some good signs in the third quarter that there's potential. Mm. I, for me, what having watched the game, um, I think that was probably our second best performance of the year behind the Hawthorne win. Um, I, I honestly... Even better that, than the Crows win. Yep. 
I think we performed better yesterday than in our win against Adelaide. Um, I thought we finally saw blue-collar effort that was consistent for the game. I think our game plan and our inability to execute the game plan let us down in terms of our team defence. And I think our skills let us down going forward. But in general, I thought that that was our best performance overall apart from the Hawthorne game. Because like I said, we there were large parts of that game that we controlled. Mm. It was just that every time Port Adelaide got the ball out of our defence, they would in the first half, they would take it down the end and score. Mm. Which is the theme, right? Obviously, like just our defence across the ground is no good. Mm. And as soon as there's a turnover, it just literally goes and becomes a scoring shot. It's, it's like circle work. It just goes kick, mark, handball, kick, mark, handball. And shot for goal. Mm, yeah. So it's it's something needs to change there. Um, yeah. So we've got a week off now before um, the Carlton game. So I don't know that it's worth us going into a review. Um, a but preview, just, you mean? A preview, yeah. But just for the listeners out there, I actually have a special mid-season review lined up with a very special guest. So um, obviously this episode has gone out as normal. And then I'm not sure when the next one will release. I'll probably release it on... um, Maybe next weekend. Or after. Next weekend or or next Monday as the standard um, show. But that will fill the next week of podcasting. So although Essendon is having a mid-season break. The Don Father is not Essington. having a mid-season break. Essington. Um, so that's Essendon. What we've got. Essendon. That's what we've got coming up over the next couple of weeks. So I'm really, I don't want to say anything until um, it's recorded in the bag, but I'm quite excited for this mm. little episode. This It'll be good. It'll be a good one. Some mm. more quality than what I'm delivering. Way more quality than what we deliver on a consistent basis. Yes. We are we are the Essendon 2022 of podcasts. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's only one way to go when you're on the bottom and that is straight to the top. Mm, that's right. That's well, no, it's not straight to the top. It's incrementally up from that point. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So and- I guess there's not much more to say unless you've got any final thoughts, Laura. Yes, follow us on all of the socials, Instagram at the Don Father Pod and wherever you get your podcasts. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, all of the above. Mm. Give us a like, give us a follow. If you feel the need, give us a review. Mm, a good review, please. Yes, five-star only. Yeah, five-star only. Um. But yeah, thanks for joining me on this uh, Monday evening, Laura. No worries. Um, and until next time. Go Dons. Go Dons. Go Dons.